Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. I love connecting with fellow recruiters everywhere across the U.S. and abroad, and it's always great to share war stories, learn tips and techniques that work for them that I may be able, may be able to incorporate into my practice. In my journey connecting and networking across LinkedIn, I came across Hisham Azuz, a UK-based recruitment pro who has a very unique and strong point of view on recruitment. As well, he is a host of the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast, which focuses on the nuts and bolts of recruiting and how to build a recruitment practice. It's equally entertaining and value add, which I absolutely love. Hisham has been in the recruitment game for a few years, and during this time, he has learned how to utilize personal branding techniques to help him build a very successful recruiting desk. Now he works for an inbound marketing agency that specializes in partnering with ambitious recruitment agencies. So we connected a few weeks back, had a great chat, and I asked him here to come join us on the podcast to talk a little shop and a little bit of everything, including how UK recruitment differs from the US. And I'm really excited to have him on. Hisham, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's, um, I've, I've got the headset on. Um, I'm ready to go. I'm excited to have a good chat with you. Awesome, man. So why don't we start and give my tribe a little bit of your origin story. Tell us, you know, real quick, you know, where you come from and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I'll give you the, the short and um, sweet story. So um, I, I used to be an insurance broker, used to work in the insurance world. Um, I then had one of my good friends um, leave the insurance world to go into recruitment. And he thought I'd be good at it. I wanted to uh, become a better salesperson, get face-to-face skills, be more consultative, um, be involved in bigger deals. And my friend told me that he, um, when he landed himself a job in recruitment, that if I got into recruitment, I'll be able to earn six figures in the first year and I'll be able to get uh, a big bill of lunches, what we do big over here in the UK, trips to Ibiza, all these things, right? We don't um, get Ibiza trips over here. <laughs> well, whatever the, the alternative is for, for you guys. Um, but ultimately, none of that happened. Um, shock horror. So uh, the first 12 months in my recruitment career were really difficult. Um, I joined a a boutique agency there was eight of us so I had nowhere to hide and I tried really hard learned as much as I could from the people around me and um, I built 24k in my first year um, and I was on the 18k basic UK pounds so I don't think I was much of a profit um, in year one and um, basically that that led me to go into year two and look at myself in the mirror if I'm honest and say look what what am I doing uh, what can I do better what can I do better how can I improve um, because I, I was in recruitment because I wanted to be the best person I can be and, and be the best recruiter I can be um, so that basically led me to the same challenge that I kept com- <laughs> coming back to and that was um, I wasn't able to get hold of enough people that I could help if that was candidates or clients so um, if that was my colleagues beating me to, to the people that they end up placing or getting jobs with, or it was my competition, the biggest challenge I had was getting hold of people that I could help essentially, um, because I was just using the traditional routes, LinkedIn emails, uh, head on through the switchboard, just smashing switchboards and smashing outbound, right? Yeah, just traditional so, 
Exactly. So um, I was like, right, okay, so I've learned the traditional way and I'm going to continue to do that because my director keeps telling me, keep doing what you're doing and the activity will pay off and there'll be a tipping point, which I experienced. However, I, I then sort of kept asking myself that question, what can I do differently to grab these people's attention? And I knew that these people were online, obviously, right? Yeah. They're on their mobile phone or whatever. Everyone's and a lot of these, something. exactly. And a lot of these people, uh, hang out on, I hung out on LinkedIn and insurance cause I recruited in the insurance space and that was, a lot of these that was my next question. So, so your specialty, your niche is the insurance. It was insurance. It was insurance. The, yeah. The insurance it was insurance. Is, is that the, the niche? It was, um, the niche, the niche was insurance. And then there was obviously, uh, very popular roles within that. Right. Um, so yeah, it was broken position. What I used to do all different things, but the niche was insurance. Um, so basically what, and, the, the, the advantage I had now a year in was that I knew posting about my live jobs didn't work. I didn't make one single placement, right? And I knew my competitors in the market because we were niche. There was like three, four people that I always came up against. Right. So I, I, I could see what they were doing online and what, what they were spending time on. And all of them were doing the same thing. They were just absolutely bombarding their network with the new jobs that they had, right? And I knew that right. didn't work. Right. Now I'd work right. in recruitment for 12 months. Mm-hmm. So I was like... That was the light bulb moment where I looked at, I knew all the, I knew my competitors. So I went on their profile and I looked, okay, well, what are these people doing? What could I take from them? What could I steal from them? What could I do better? And for me, I saw a huge opportunity. And from that point, I used links in a different way. I started, I just started basically. So I started talking about, if you hate Mondays, talk to me. I started talking about my story. I started sharing my, my opinion on how recruitment should be and how it shouldn't be. Um, and ultimately, I, I had one rule, and that was I wasn't going to talk about my live jobs online. Hmm. Okay, that's, that, um, that, that's, interest, that's an interesting approach. I mean, that's real insightful and studious of you to, to, to 12 months and be like, listen, self-awareness, like things aren't working. Yeah. What, I, you know, what I was initially uh, taught wasn't working. I need to try something different. That's super smart, man. Yeah, well, I think, like, honestly, look, I, I have still so much uh, to learn. I turned 26 this year, but I, for the last four years, I've, uh, like four years ago, I had the epiphany that the best investment I can make is in myself. And uh, that sounds super simple, but um, before that, I was concerned about other people's opinions and just, just what uh, a normal early, tw- early 20s uh, guy was worried about, girls and all these things, right? And um, I, so I, I'd done quite a bit of work by that point to sort of be able to look in the mirror and go, okay, how can I improve here or uh, have that self-awareness, which is, is a continuous journey, but absolutely appreciate that. That, that. that was probably why I was able to do that. Right. And I wasn't caught in the, the failures. I wasn't caught in the rejection. I wasn't caught in okay. I wasn't, I think the biggest thing was I was able to have accountability. I was able to be responsible. And when I now through the podcast that I host, I think that's one of the biggest, if the quicker that you can be responsible for your outcomes um, in a sales or recruitment capacity, the quicker you're going to be successful. Right. So, as long as you stop blaming others and take accountability yeah. and stop trying to find excuses why the sales exactly. aren't going through and stop blaming Especially, especially in the recruitment world, right? You're dealing with people. Right. So it's so unpredictable, but that's what makes it so addictive <laughs> is because um, you're helping people. You get a huge buzz from that when it goes right. When it doesn't, you're, you're, you, you want to go back and sort it out, right? And, and these things. Um, exactly. So it's, it's so easy to blame that candidate. It's so easy to blame that client. But ultimately, the quicker you, you're able to look in the mirror and go, okay, how could I have done better in that situation? Or what could I do different it's, next time? It's the, that reflection the, the, period. 
Exactly. It's that yeah, reflection exactly. period. So, and, and I think it's about understanding and it takes time with recruitment. It's so funny too. You call it, you know, the, the recruiting roller coaster. And that's the exact analogy that I use when explaining recruitment to anybody is an absolute yeah. roller coaster, the highs and lows. And you need to manage yeah. yourself and your emotions when you're at your highest and when you're at your lowest, because you need to maintain stability and always be looking for it. So let's jump into it a little bit here. Um, for those who are not aware, the, the, the U.S. market and the, the U.K., EU, I guess, I don't know if we're separating them these days or not. I don't know what's going on with Brexit. <laughs> but what's the primary difference, in, in your opinion, I mean, you have a great podcast, you, rec- you talk to lots of people in the industry. What is the primary <laughs> yeah. difference, in your opinion, and more importantly, your viewpoint of where you sit over the pond, across the pond, what's the primary difference between the recruitment approaches in the U.S. versus the U.K.? Um, really, uh, that's a really good question. Um, so, just ju- I just want to. I'm, I'm, I'm an honest guy. So, just to be crystal clear, I, I no longer recruit, so I sell to the recruitment industry. Mm-hmm. However, as you quite rightly, so um, just over a year now, I've what hosted. Um, yeah, yeah, but I've, I've, so I'd say the biggest insight I have, I'm in a unique position now because I sit down with some of the best in, in the recruitment market and, and talk about these things. So I'm going to talk from what I'm getting from other people, just but I wanted to make that clear, right? I'm not, I'm not currently recruiting and those things. So um, it's really interesting. I recently went to uh, the LinkedIn offices in the UK and they were doing, um, um, they were hosting an event called Going Global, and that's because there's a huge number of UK businesses now um, really having some serious appetite to go over to the US. And I'm talking serious appetite. Art, art, yeah. Yeah, and let, let me tell you why, and, and this should probably answer the question. I think from what I've heard, first and foremost, this may not be popular with your audience, but from what I've been told, uh, a, a great recruiter or an even average recruiter, I'm being told, um, can do well in the American market because their work ethic. <laughs> so I don't know how, how true that is um, in the recruitment landscape in the US, right? But that, that's what I'm being told. If you're billing 200, 300, if you're a 200, 300K biller in the, in, in the UK, you could be a five, six, seven, 800K uh, biller in, in the US. It's, inter- so that's, it's, that's, it's interesting. It's really interesting you say that. So I worked at it for, we talked about this, you know, offline where, where yeah. I just went over with a UK firm over here and, the, and, the, and the, the, the tenacity and the speed and the focus on the closing the sale is incrementally higher versus here in the U.S. where yep. there's a little bit more of an appetite for developing that long-term relationship. Now, there obviously yes. two sides. There's short-term versus long-term. You know what? If you're bringing home, you know, if you're billing 500k, you know, a year, that's a very good living based on your commission structure. Yeah. Well, let, let me give you a very interesting fact that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it totally wrong here. You might have to help me out. But ultimately, so in the U.K., there's uh, between 28 and 30,000. It's always changes the stat, but it's between that 28 to 30,000 recruitment businesses in the U.K. with the U.K. population, right? Now, from what I've been told by a number of people on this topic is that there's um, obviously the U.S. population and a similar amount of recruitment businesses like there is in the U.K. in the U.S., right? So that's 25 to 30K um, with the U.S. population. So think of the difference in that. So that's crazy. And I think that really buys into why a U.K. recruiter, because they know how fiercely competitive it is. So they need to close that deal. They need, they need to know that that candidate's exclusive. They need to get that, that client on board, right? And I think that that's a huge factor is the actual competition in the US is, is a lot less and a lot is not what we're used to in the UK. So there's a huge, right. a huge opportunity to that aspect. The last part I'd say of what I've heard again, you might be able to help me with this, is I've been told again by a number of people that I've interviewed on the podcast and these things that a lot of US-based recruiters, um, it isn't really the the um the normal model or the norm 
to be really niche and specialist. So from what I've been told is if one of my clients, if I'm a US recruiter, one of my clients is um, a bank for example, HSBC or whatever, um, and I supply HSBC with people, I'm going to, I'm going to recruit their receptionist all the way to their corporate banker. Right? right now in the UK, that is not, that is not the approach, right? A, a lot of people have been a generalist recruiter in the, in the UK is seen as the wrong move completely. It's all about the I niche. Agree. It's all about being an expert in your yep. field. I, and that, that's another, and that's what we do here in the UK. And that's a, a, not the norm in the US. So that's all of a sudden yeah. a competitive advantage. And, and to your point, the recruiters that I've seen being extremely successful here in the US, and again, you know, my, my niche is digital marketing. And again, that's super broad. But the ones that specialize, whether it be digital creative or digital media, the ones that are laser focused, what it does is it enables them to have that pipeline of those specific candidates where they can develop deeper relationships ongoing versus having to spread spread their time out. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, you know, the, the traits that make up a good recruiter. And one thing that I talk about all the time personally, the reason that I'm a great recruiter is that I've built up a callus by learning, by failing, by taking my punches, by having, you know, the projections on those, you know, you put in all this time, you know the deal, you put in all this time, you know, when you're recruiting yep. days into a candidate and then at the last second, you know, spend three months courting them and then you get to the end and they, they take a counter offer, they, they reject the offer or yeah, they yeah, yeah. pass it on them. So, you know, what are some of those traits that really make a greater recruiter in your opinion? Um, I love talking about this on, on the podcast. So I'm glad you are. So a lot of common things that I see in, in successful recruiters, I've, I've interviewed million pound billions. I've, I've interviewed very successful recruitment business owners. And the most common things are always resilience. What you're talking about there, you have to cultivate resilience. Um, and for me, it's, it's mindset. Um, so for me, it goes mindset, which probably resilience part of that. Um, understanding your vision, understanding your, your, your objective and why you're in this career and, and have your own goals, right? And then the last part is the, is the tactics. It is the process and those things. However, I think it's not about diving straight into the processes and I should spend a bit more time on candidate generation or whatever. If you can early on in your career really start to cultivate the right mindset in terms of being more responsible, being resilient, being willing to look in the mirror and say, how could I improve? Um, be, have the humility from day one to learn from the people around you and don't think you know it all and these things. And also be open to trying it differently. And that's, that's how I got to the position I am with right. personal branding. And I think the, the biggest difference and the big, how you're going to improve your billings and become the best recruit you can be in your market is the mindset. It's, it's not in, if you spend 30 minutes more time LinkedIn emailing people, it's, 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 the, it's the mindset. So I think that's the most common thing I see. It's people that have that resilience, people that are motivated. It's people that have a really strong why. So when they are getting knocked down and, and, and experiencing a rejection like I did, um, there's something to fall back on. And I think I've heard it a lot now, but if you are listening right now and you're on, you are in those, that early, early window in your recruitment career, um, the more pain you experience now, it is going to be worthwhile a long time. A million, it may not feel it, percent, may not feel it, but it's, it's going to help. Dude, it's like, so I, <laughs> you know, I'm a huge baseball fan here and I, and I equate it to slumps and I really do equate it to slumps. You're a career 300 hitter, meaning I don't know if you're a baseball fan, but that's a pretty good. If you're career, that. <laughs> that, means, that means you're freaking Hall of Fame caliber. If you, if you yeah. spend 15 years in the league and you bat 300 and you're averaging 25, 30 home runs a year, 100 RBIs, it's a long season. The baseball season is 188 games, 186 games. Yeah. It's going to be crazy when you're slumping and you're not your best. But when you have that foundation, you have that skill set, you're a veteran and you've taken your punches and you know, you know what, man, shit, yeah. I'm just having a bad month. I am just off my game right now, but you know, it's going to snap yeah. back. And I think that's really what it counts is 
knowing that it's a roller coaster and it's going to come uphill. Yeah. So I think the last last thing just to add, just really practical, because I'm pretty just real, really, yeah, really sure. practical is the most common thing I see in the top, 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 top recruiters is structure. Um, if you don't, if you're not blocking out chunks of your day to do certain tasks and certain activities that you know are going to get you closer to your outcome, then you're 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 not going to be as as good as you can be. So the quicker that you yeah, organization and understanding what activity you need to double down on and do enough of to make sure that you get the outcome outcome that you're that you're aiming for. It's a pipeline. That, that game. is it's very common. That, yeah. that's, a, that's a huge point also. And, and that's a technique I talk about also too. So any recruiters that are listening, it's okay sometimes to shut off your email for a little bit and focus on a function, whether it be sourcing or pipelining, whatever you're doing to block it Definitely. out. Do whatever works for you because you know, say you have one hour of time. If, if you get distracted easily, if you keep checking your freaking phone all oh, the time, put your phone so away easy. and focus on it and use your calendar. I talk about this all the time. Use your calendar wisely. Block out those two hours. Say, shit, I have a yeah, time. you have to. I'm going to be sourced on it. So you talk a lot about, you know, personal branding and, and why is it so important, especially for us recruiters and you had great successes. So tell everyone, why is it important for recruiters to focus on that personal and it's crazy we call it personal because really it's a blend of personal and business, you know, on LinkedIn yeah, yeah. specifically. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I love talking about this and I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about it because it, it did so much for, for my career um, as a recruiter now where, where I am in, in a sales role. Um, so I think the f first and foremost is, um, it's recruiters. If you're, a, if you're, if you're a passionate and great recruiter and you really believe in the service that, that, uh, you can offer to your clients and candidates, you work your absolute socks off to build a reputation in your market period, right? The best recruiters are going to have a reputation. And all that is, is what, what do your best candidates and clients say, say about you behind closed doors, right? That's all it is. It's not complicated. And every single recruiter who are in it for the long haul and in it for a career are going to double down on building a reputation. And a lot of the time, what I realized, and this is when I went into my second year, that that was all being kept offline. It was being kept on at the networking events. It was being kept on the one-on-one -on -one meetings, one-on-one -on -one conversations, right? And you work so hard to build that reputation. And that is what is going to give you a huge competitive advantage when you want that client to only use you for the job. But when you want that candidate to only use you, right? It's because of my reputation. I know I can deliver, right? 100%. And these things, that's how you're going to generate referrals. And that is the most successful recruiters have a brilliant reputation. Okay. 100%. So for me, exactly. So all I'm, all I'm saying and why I'm passionate about it, and I just, I just flipped it. It's like, look, you need to continue doing that. All of everything that you're doing right now as a recruiter still maintains uh, it's still important. You still have to pick up the phone. You still have to go to networking events. You still have to get in front of people and build these relationships. But what I'm saying is stop limiting it to the offline world. Stop limiting it to the one-on-one -on -one conversations, right? Um, as soon as you start putting in those efforts online as well, you can reach thousands a, a month, right? And you can reach more people. Exactly. It's a lot more scalable. And the reason for it is because it's going to have a direct impact on your billings. It, 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 it generally works. Okay. It, it generally works. And the reason why I say that is for uh, up until I left recruitment, like, as I said, I built 24 K in my first year. By the time I left, I built six figures. And a, a huge part of that was because my online reputation helped me in business development. It helped me when I um, picked up the phone to candidates. It helped, it helped me generate more inbound business. Right. And 
for me, uh, the personal branding opportunity is that there are still so many recruiters uh, that are, they'd rather just pick up the phone and they'd rather just rely on those methods that have worked for the last five, 10 years. So for me, really? it's, it, yeah, for, for me, it's that uh, one, that you work so hard to build an, an offline reputation. What have you got to lose by sharing that with more people online? But really for me, and this, again, it come back to that research I did with my competitors, and I, hopefully, the, look, recruiters should be competitive, right? And that's also a huge common trait. And I think there's a huge opportunity right now. The recruitment industry is quite behind. I mean, you worked in the marketing space, right? So you've worked with big corporates and these things, right? The recruitment industry and the recruitment landscape is quite behind the curve when it comes to personal branding, marketing, and these things. Like, huge opportunity of land grab right now that if you're a brilliant recruiter, right, and you're passionate about what you can do for your market, if you decide to take action on documenting your story, you're, you're, sharing, you're sharing valuable advice and these things, then you're going to have a huge opportunity to grab a lot of land right now over your competitors. And it's crazy. So there's, I really not, wanna... there's not a lot of recruiters. Dude, I'm on LinkedIn all day long, man. And it's yeah. so disproportionate, the amount of true, by trade, like myself, recruiters, day in and day out recruiters that are branding on LinkedIn. They're few and far between. Yeah. I mean, it's helpful. I mean, you I see the life coaches, the, the gurus. That's yeah, yeah. LinkedIn is no, right the now. recruiters, there's not many at all. No. So that, that's what I really want to hammer home is that there's a real opportunity right now. Normally, recruiters... They're, they're entrepreneurial, they're competitive. So I really want to hammer, hammer home that string. But I think the, the next thing to add is, um, look, you, you and Nina, I'm in, I'm in a sales role right now and, and we practice what we preach. And I speak to recruitment businesses, recruiters all day long. And um, it's, it's getting harder to rely on just the traditional methods. And the buying journeys change from, from look, clients will get hammered every single day with, with people wanting to sell them stuff, if that's a recruiter, if that's a product or whatever. Likewise with candidates, you're, there's no way that your LinkedIn emails are, are as successful anymore. No, I mean, they weren't, they weren't, that, yeah, they weren't gr that great for me. And if you have a particular skill set, you are getting absolutely hammered by recruiters right so i think a huge part here is that with your with your personal brand with your online reputation if you really nail that and you put a lot of time into it it's going to help you you essentially you want to be you want to be perceived as the go-to recruiter in your market that that that's for me what, what recruiters should be aiming for um with their with their online reputation is becoming that go-to person because what are they doing they're not just talking about jobs they're not just talking about themselves they're they're giving value to their network and they need to be perceived as the go-to person to understand what's going on in in this sector right now i need to speak to hisham because he knows that what's got who, who's moving where where the opportunities are in these things right so i think if you do that and you do that well you're going to have candidates coming to you or when you do then do what you do best be proactive pick up the phone try and gen engage with these people there's going to be a lot more chance that these people have a bit of an idea who you are your right? brand if it's name recognition Exactly. And that as a recruiter um, massively helps. Right. And that, that was for me when I, I had some small wins when I first started and I thought no one was listening. I attended a couple of networking events. I had like four people come up to me and say, Hisham, I've seen some of your video content. I really like it. Keep going. That fucking helps me as a recruiter. If I, if, and also when I did some business development calls, right. And I'm calling prospects I've never worked, spoken to before. I call them. Oh, my name's Hisham Azuz. I work for this recruitment agency. Hisham, you know what? I actually saw a piece of your content the other day. That makes the call a lot easier, yeah, right? Yeah, so, it separates you from the competition, man. Especially exactly. when it's quality. And, and you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's value-add. And I talk about it all the time. Don't just create yeah. for the sake of creating. 
create with the intention and the action to drive and, and give value. Well, my, my, the big, I think recruiters have like, they're, they're the middle person between someone who works in the industry and obviously businesses that employ people in the industry. Right. So I think recruiters are in such a unique spot to be content creators and to share stories because you're speaking to the people that you want to be, that you're, that you want your content to resonate with on a daily basis. You're speaking to businesses with that you can help and you listen to their business challenges. You hear what struggles are going through that you hear the opportunities, same with the candidates and the people that you place with your clients. Right? So the content is in your conversations. This was the biggest realization I had when I started creating content was I had the candidates tell me that they're sick of recruiters, not giving them interview feedback and that, that's why they have such a bad name. I went on and made a video about interview feedback and that's something I'm really passionate about. I was on the phone to a candidate who was saying, I, can't, I don't know how to get into this particular role from the current skill set I have. You know what? I'm going to share some content as to the best ways that I think you can do that. Clients are telling me that they're constantly receiving CVs that, that, that don't hit the mark or they don't hit the personality. I'm making content around that and why it's important that you meet your clients to understand awesome, their culture and environment. So it's about... Recruiter, you're in a such unique position right now to listen to the pain points and challenges and the opportunities within your sector. Um, use that through content and that's going to resonate with the people in your network now and the people that you want in your network that hopefully you can help and, and those Spot things. On. And they're the, they're the people that are going to um, be successful long-term in the, in, the in the recruitment landscape that is going to get more and more difficult to just rely on traditional methods to speak to people and, and, and win business. Awesome. Hisham, this is really, I mean, we're talking, we're talking tactics, we're talking theory, and these are actionable things that any recruiter listening, this is the real deal. This is the landscape. This is the world that we're living in. So Hisham, I, I, I wrap up every podcast with asking my guests a couple of questions. First and foremost, what is your superpower? I'm not asking, you know, what kind of superpower, you know, being invisible, super dream, but what, is, but what is your superpower? What is my superpower? Right. <laughs> um, that's, that's an interesting question. I mean, for, for me, um, I've helped a couple of people with this now and, and it is on the personal branding topic. I think um, I'm, I, that, that is my personal power to, to help um, other recruiters really see the opportunity and take action on, 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 on their online reputation. Um, so for me, that that is the superpower that um, awesome. I'm going to continue to to uh, grow and 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 the superpower that I want to become an even better superpower. Awesome, man, and I love it. And you know, last question: when when things are going great, when you when you know you're at the top of your game, everything's freaking awesome. You're having a great day, great week, great month, whatever it is. And on the flip side, when you're when you're having a shitty day, when things aren't going so well, what is your north star? What do you look to? to pull you up for inspiration, to say, this is the reason I do everything. Hisham, what, what is your North Star? Great question. Um, uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm an honest guy. I think that, that I do find it hard to have a complete crystallized North Star, if I'm honest. Um, I, my, mine's constantly evolving. And for me, it's, a, it's about being the best version of myself. Um, I think that, that, that cons consistently helps me. I don't have a complete crystallized North Star, but I think I have every intention of, of having a, a real positive impact in, in the time that I have in this world. Um, and that comes through me being the best person I can be, um, learning from, from great people. Um, and I think perspective, if, if I'm honest, that, that's helped me massively that I can constantly try and cultivate. And that helps me understand that that, that North Star is always there for me to focus on. Um, and um, 
yeah, I'd say they're, they're the things that are springing to mind awesome. when you ask that question. Hicham, this is this has been great. So, so closing closing thoughts, everybody. So, in any business, it's imperative to be in tune with your local market. However, having a global perspective is equally critical. Understanding other markets not only broadens your horizons, but it broadens your intelligence. And you could also identify new opportunities and partnership. The world is getting a lot smaller, trust me, especially in recruitment where sometimes you need to look outside your current market for candidates and opportunities. And having these strong global relationships will broaden your reach exponentially. And it's always awesome to hear how your line of business works in other parts of the world, understanding nuances, or understanding things like personal branding and how it really drives results is critical. So sharing these tips and tools is key. And I urge you all to forge these relationships. Get out there, take the online, offline, connect, forge these relationships, and build bridges. Don't build walls and continue to take that online, offline, and you will see your success grow exponentially. Hisham, this has been awesome. So where could folks connect with you? How could they find you? Yeah, so my place that I love is LinkedIn. Hisham Azuz, so that's H-I-S-H. E for Echo, M for my A double Z O U Z, and then um, I've I've got to tell everyone about the podcast. I'm I'm excited for it. I am in. The, I want to start getting more um, guests like like you, Adam, and, and people from uh, around the world. Um, so <clears throat> the other place that you can learn from some of the really uh, great people in in the recruitment industry. Um, a lot of them are in the UK <laughs> at the moment, but. Yeah, yeah, some of them are over your way. But um, yeah, so that's the Recruitment Roller Coaster podcast, and that's on the Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and those things. So they're, awesome. they're, the, they're the best places. Yeah, and we're going to have the links for that, everybody, below. Uh, Hishab, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. And to everyone listening, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media channels. You know where they are. The links will be below. Subscribe, comment, and network. Again, remember, guys, I'm showing you this right here with every single podcast that I'm putting out. Taking your online relationships offline is critical and it's key. Thank you for joining us. Take care and catch us next week for another amazing episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.